Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast, a part of the Off the Ball Network. This is episode 218, dedicated to a man who, on August 23rd, 1942, who at 17 years old in his first game, strikes out 15 St. Louis Browns, Mr. Bob Feller. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we talk a little bit about if this Big Ten ACC Pac-12 alliance is an improvement for college football and why are you guys always fighting like Anthony Mason. But first, every now and then there comes across our TV, our newsfeed, an athlete that is doing something that makes you question the move they're making. But at the same time, sometimes it can take a step back Look at what they're doing. Look at the, their approach at what they're doing. And we can learn some things from it. In Jacksonville, a few months ago, there was a guy by the last name Tebow, first name Tim, that announced that he was going to try to come back to play the football. For about 8 to 10 years now, I don't know the exact number, but he has been playing the baseball at the minor league level. Many people laughed at him. Many people made him the focus of numerous jokes and said, Tebow, what are you doing? You are a quarterback. You didn't do well in the NFL, but you are a quarterback. What are you doing trying to play the baseball? You have not played the baseball since you were in high school. That was long time ago. What are you doing trying to chase your dream? And many people looked at Tebow and said, Tebow, you failed in the NFL. You are going to fail at baseball. And ultimately, you're going to fail at this athletic thing because you didn't, you're, not a quarterback, you're not a quarterback in the NFL. You didn't try to change positions like you were encouraged to do. And now you're going to play a sport you haven't played in probably five, six years. What are you doing, Tim Tebow? Timothy, you're crazy. But then again, you look at Tim Tebow. You can look at Tim Tebow and the athlete, the individual, the person that is always focused 100% on the, on the task, task that is at hand. And you can learn some things, some things from Tim Tebow. We can all learn some things from Tim Tebow. And when I look at Tim Tebow and what he attempted to do, yes, I thought it was a long shot. Yes, I came in here and said that Tim Tebow will get cut from the Jaguars. That I think it was going to be I think it would be first cuts. I wasn't sure, but I did not think Tim Tebow was going to make the final roster because when you're going from baseball to football to play a position you have not played ever in your life or if you have played it, it's been a very, 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 very long time. So if you played the tight end position, you're fighting an uphill battle. I think if Tim Tebow gave himself a couple of years, even in his middle, early to mid, well, early 30 stage in life, and said, I'm going to change my body. I'm going to learn the nuances of this position. I'm going to learn the footwork, learn how to block, do all of these things that I have not done probably ever in my life, and try to go about it this way. It would have been perfect. Now, I don't think Tebow knew that Urban Meyer was going to come out of retirement and go to Jacksonville, um, well, two years ago. I know that he's probably had some conversations with Mr. Urban Meyer, his former college coach. They won two national championships together at the University of Florida. So I'm sure they've had a decent relationship. And I know I have heard about the type of respect, the type of man that Tim Tebow is from Mr. Urban Meyer. And I know that Tim Tebow is a guy that you absolutely want in your locker room. However, there were only 53 spots on an NFL roster, and Tim Tebow, I do not believe, was ever going to be a 53 on anybody's 53-man roster. If he ever had a shot or a chance to do it, it was Urban Myers. 
But when it comes to Tim Tebow and the lessons we can learn, look back at Tim Tebow, the beginning, when he came out of the University of Florida. If Tebow would have transformed his body and transformed his game to be a tight end, do I think he would have had a five- to eight-year career in the NFL? I don't know, but it would have been more likely doing that than, than what happened. Look at Tim Tebow, the baseball player. How many of you think you could go from playing or doing whatever you're doing right now athletically? Think about the last thing you did athletically, competitively. Maybe in high school, maybe in college, maybe little league, maybe middle school. Maybe are you someone that's doing something uh, competitively right now? Let's say you are a quarterback. Hypothetically speaking, you are a quarterback. And all of a sudden, your quarterbacking career is over. You don't get another contract. And all of a sudden, you say, well, how about I go try baseball? You do realize how hard it is to hit a 98, 95, 90 miles per hour fastball numerous times in the same day, numerous times on a team where these guys have specialized and professionalized themselves at the baseball for a very, very, very long time. Many people knocked Tim Tebow. His baseball career was not a failure. If you're saying Major League Baseball a bust, yes, that would be considered a failure. But as I look at Tim Tebow, I don't think Tim Tebow failed at the baseball. He went from not playing baseball to touching AAA baseball. That is very hard. Yeah, we all can make our jokes. We can all make our comments about Tim Tebow. We can also learn some things about Tim Tebow. That when you put your mind to something, go at it 100% with all of your energy and see what happens. Yeah, the first time around the football didn't work out for him for as long as he would have liked. The second time the football didn't work, out, didn't work out for him. The baseball worked out for him very, very well. His media career will be very, very successful. And in everything Tim Tebow does, he goes at it 100% full force with all of his energy. And we have seen Tim Tebow have success in areas that many people thought he would, ha he would never have success in. Let's go ahead and take a trip to the offices of the Pac-12 ACC and the Big Ten because they're discussing a possible alliance. And I'm curious, is this an improvement for college football? You know, college football starts on Saturday. Did you know that? I mean, we've talked all summer long about this uh, dead period in recruiting. We talked about college football expansion. We talked about an alliance. We talked about the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma. And this weekend, just going to be honest with you, the season starts. 1 o'clock Eastern on the Fox, you have Nebraska at Illinois. Probably does not get your juices flowing or get you really excited for the college football but college football starts this weekend at 3.30. I believe on ESPN is Hawaii at UCLA at the Rose Bowl. That's a game I'm going to be tapped in, tuned into, ready to go. Why? It's at the Rose Bowl, and I love me some college football. But in the meantime, before we get to that point, there could possibly be an announcement coming this week. The Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC may be formally announcing this alliance that they're, that they're going to have. This is their way to combat what the SEC has done by adding Texas and Oklahoma to their conference. And the SEC, it just means more. It's not just a slogan that they had that was on the window of the hotel that hosted the SEC media days. Trust me, to me, the fan in me, the casual fan that I was for a portion of my life, trust me, we'll discuss that another day. It just means more in the SEC. 3.30 Eastern on, on CBS. Well, no, well, be gone here very, very soon. But 3.30 Eastern on CBS all my life, 
that I've been a college football fan. It was SEC football, baby. I mean, no matter if you guys have listened to this before, if you've listened to the Dream College Football Road Trip episodes, and if you have not, I currently encourage you to do that. You will hear a lot about my love, my abnormal love and appreciation for the Ole Miss team, Hottie Toddy. Yes, that is me. I, I do love watching Ole Miss play the football. Ole Miss, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, doesn't matter. The teams down there truly live by this motto. It just means more. And by the living by that motto, they are adding Texas and Oklahoma, two of the biggest brands, one of the blue bloods in my estimation, two or four in college football. And now they're going to be going to the SEC. It, it just means more. And honestly, we're seeing that go through and happen by two big, big brands in college football reaching out to the SEC to go to that conference. Yes, the three conferences, ACC, Pac-12, and Big Ten, I might stutter or mess up those conferences as I'm going to try to rattle them off the top of the dome, but just bear with me. So the ACC, the Big Ten, Pac-12, they're forming this alliance to combat what the SEC is doing by adding Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, on the surface, it seems okay. On the surface, it might be ideal for some of you to say, hey, this makes sense. How about we just go ahead and make an alliance, our numbers combat theirs, and everything will be A-O-K. However, when I think about an alliance in college football, there has to be some form of inclusion involved. Now, when I say inclusion, I am not saying Jay wants every single division of college football to be a part of said alliance. I don't. I don't think D3-level football teams should be on the field with Alabama. I don't think D3-level football teams should be on the field with USC. I don't think D3 football teams should be on the field, should be able to compete on the field with name your Power 5 conference school. I don't think so. There are levels to this, and currently in this little uh, experiment, they're at the bottom. Not a problem. Those are good kids. Those are good coaches. Those are teams that are helping young men play football at, at the higher level, at a higher level than college. So great for them. But for this little experiment, for this little uh, journey, they're not a part of this here alliance. So when I think about an alliance, I think about, hey, how about we just have all Power 5 schools get together, make an alliance. If y'all want to break off from the current level, FBS level of football, so be it. So go do it. Get to a commissioner. That's great. That's honestly what I think is the best move for college football or take the Power 5 and the Group of 5, form their own little thing, break off from the any NCAA over, uh, overseeing or any guidance. Great. Okay, cool. Because NCAA does rule uh, scholarship numbers, um, different things that go on with college football, even though they don't rule the sport, oversee or uh, govern the sport. This alliance isn't that. It's three against really trying to combat one with the odd man being the Big 12 now going back to the old school figurative but literal meaning of the or name the Big 8. And we're kind of in a limbo. The ACC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12 got to correct that time. Almost stuttered, stuttered right there, and we're going to keep on going. Nobody really knows what the details of this alliance will be, but I think there's going to be three big pieces to it with some branching off of it as well. There's going to be a scheduling pact. We're going to be uh, uh, helping us with some scheduling, you know, some non-conference things. We're going to make sure we're scheduling with ourselves, we're going to help ourselves 
with this thing. So you don't have to go to the SEC or the Big 12 if you want to. You can, we can just do a lot of scheduling things ourselves. And there are some positives and some negatives to that. Also, I think it's going to help with voting power because we all know expansion is on the horizon. Expansion is going to happen. I don't think it should happen. Give me six, maybe give me eight, and I'll be I'll be comfortable with those. I think four is the most ideal to find the best college football champion in the current climate. But some of y'all think 12 or... Now, granted, I am a fan. I know RJ Young of Fox Sports. He is saying, hey, if you don't like 16-team playoff, you're not a college football fan because more football is good. Now, granted, I like college football. I want to watch all the college football. But however, you have to realize at some point, if you're the 16th-ranked team in college football, you have no business fighting for a college football national championship. If you are the 53-ranked team in college basketball, you have no business trying to fight for a college basketball national championship. I don't like this. I don't like the 64, excuse me, 68-team field for the men's college basketball tournament. I don't like the thought of a 6 or an 8. I'll I'll move along with it. I don't like the thought of a 12 or 16 or 24-team tournament playoff. Why? Because those teams have no right, have not earned the right to play for the national championship. I get it. Y'all want some inclusion. But at some times, inclusion does not need to be a part of every conversation. So the scheduling pact, well, I, I, I get off on tangents all the time. James back to the podcast twice a week. And ha, if you can't tell, he loves every second of it. So scheduling pact, a part of this alliance. You also get some voting power. Also financials. Now, the financials is big. Because the Pac-12 needs some money, the ACC needs some money, the Big Ten is a big dog where they own 49% of their TV network. Oh, side note, a lot of side notes here. I was doing a little research. The ACC and the SEC own, the conferences own 0% of their conference network. ESPN, I believe, owns 80% of the ACC network and 80% of the SEC network. The other 20% is owned by a company called the Hearst Company, which is housed in New York. So you're basically telling me part of the reason that the SEC money and financials is so much less than that of the Big Ten is because they don't own a portion, not even 5% of their own conference network. They're also losing the CBS contract. I'm sure the ESPN will get that contract. So now you're basically going to tell me that ESPN is going to own all of the SEC, the network itself, and really shell out a whole lot of money to the SEC to broadcast their games. Something seems odd. Very, 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 very odd. Will ESPN also get the Texas and Oklahoma game that has been on Fox because Big 12 had that game? We'll have to wait and see. But I'm just starting to throw some things out now. The financials, the voting power, and the scheduling, those are all things that are very important, very, very, very big for college foot or college conferences. This is not just for the football and the basketball, but those are the two moneymakers. Those are the two big sports. This also goes for your, your hockey, your lacrosse, your golf, your soccer, your uh, Olympic sports, all of those things, those go, the baseballs, the softballs, those go for all of those things there as well. This pact is interesting. Now, if you want to say, Jay, well, by team number, the alliance is going to have more big name teams than the SEC. So let's do a little experiment. We'll do it together. We've got Florida. I'm just going to go by anything that comes to my head. Got Bama, yeah, Auburn. We're going to go to the future for the SEC. 
You got Texas. You got Oklahoma. Okay. I'm missing somebody. Florida, Bam. I can't, can't, believe, can't believe I missed Georgia. So I'm going to stop at six. Florida, Bama, Auburn, Texas, Oklahoma, and Georgia. Then you're going to have Ohio State. Going to throw Michigan in there. Going to throw Clemson in there. Let's go to the Pac-12. You're going to throw USC in there. I'll throw Oregon in there because of the way they currently played. Then I I, I can throw Wisconsin, but Wisconsin's not on the level of the other schools consistently. Um, so as big name brand, I can throw Iowa. Not really. Uh, who in the ACC? Oh, I, okay. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, let's go Florida State. I believe Florida State in the ACC. Miami. So I got seven there. In the Pac-12, outside of Oregon and USC, is there any other? I could throw, I myself could throw Washington in there because, well, Washington is one of the top-tier Pac-12 teams consistently on a regular basis. I'll throw Washington. Now, I could be missing some names. I'm not throwing, I'm not putting Nebraska in this conversation. I'm not, sorry. Um, Maybe because of the allegations just came out about the things they did during the dead period. Not doing that. But as you look at Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, USC, Oregon, Florida State, Miami, Washington. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's eight schools. I named six from the SEC. I could keep on going and name some more. Florida, Bama, Auburn, Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia. I want me to put Texas A&M there. We're talking about football specifically. A&M, Florida, Georgia, not South Carolina. I know I'm skipping somebody. I know it's going to come to me eventually. I'll just stop there with seven. Now, someone's going to hit me up on Twitter at jsteven07. The DMs are open. Or text me 850-462-5442. And hit me up and saying, well, Jay, you forgot X. You forgot this. Whatever. But you get the gist of, the, of this little here. This little thing here. I got seven teams for the SEC. I got eight teams for the combined alliance starts. Top tier, powerful teams in college football. This alliance is supposed to be such big, such a big thing. This alliance is supposed to be something that's supposed to be very, very powerful. And what we're doing right now, even, even by this right here, the SEC still has a lot of power. you got to combine these three conferences to try to get some type of power as far as big-name schools to combat what the SEC is, and you're still going to have division in college football. Like I said before, I am for inclusion in certain areas. In certain areas, I'm not. Inclusion here in college football, give me the power five and the group of five, make them inclusion, break them off from the NCAA so the NCAA has nothing, no control over what goes on, will be a okay. I firmly don't believe that this alliance that's going on, even after everything that we've talked about here, it may be good for those three conferences, but you're going to have some division. You're doing this to combat the AC, the SEC. You're not going to have the Big 12. Group of five is saying, wait, are we going to really be on our own eventually? Probably. And now what is next? Next five to ten years, maybe. Something else is going to happen. You're going to have somebody else complain because this doesn't make sense. And what's going to happen then? The cycle of college football is never ending. The never-ending cycle of college football continues to happen over and over and over and over again. Some of you may say, Jay, I have the perfect idea of somebody that should be the college football commissioner. Great. Throw it out there to the to the suits, the decision makers. Somebody said they're called the mustaches. I don't care. I got a mustache. But for this little example, I am not a part of that their group. I don't care. But what we're going to find is, is this uh, an improvement for college football? Absolutely not. How long will it last? 
Well, the last time there was an alliance or anything grouping like that where certain conferences were a part of it and certain conferences were not, it was twice in the 90s. It Both times only lasted for three years. Why? Well, one conference folded, the Southwest Conference, formed a new little alliance, the Bowl Alliance, coming after the Bowl Coalition. Then we got the BCS. Guys, we're going in the wrong direction. College football is not improving. Yeah, the, the product on the field is going to be the same. But the big wigs, the decision makers, decision makers, they are confused, very confused. And instead of being proactive, they're being reactive in college football. The problems that the sport has had for decades, they're going to continue. And they're not going to end anytime soon until somebody says, look, enough is enough. We want to improve the sport. And by doing and the way to do that, (laughs) we got to get on the same page and stop messing around, include these conferences that, that deserve to be included and break off from the NCAA, break off from the other group of five or just group of five and power five, form one unit, rule thing yourself, get a commissioner, and make this thing happen. Y'all keep dodging it. Y'all don't want to do it. And ultimately, until you do it, this cycle of college football is never going to stop. And the trajectory that we're on is not going to ultimately improve the sport for the long term at all. For over a year, maybe longer than that, many fans have not been able to go to sporting events. Maybe in your local area, you didn't go to a sporting event or based off the way that you thought it was best for you to handle the COVID, you didn't go to a sporting event. Maybe some of you right now, are still not going to sporting events because of the Rona, because of the COVID. I get it. I understand why you might feel that's the best thing for you. But for many people out there, myself included, we are going to sporting events. I'm not trying to look down on people that aren't going to sporting events right now due to the virus or things like that. I completely get it. You handle it the way that you see fit. However, Many people are going to games. Myself, my dad, one of his buddies went to a high school football game this past Friday night. Got to watch myself, a, a, a big-time defensive line recruit. I'm that kind of nerd. And he had a big game. Actually broke the school record, or the career record for the school for tackles for loss. That is now Caden Curry, a record that he holds. Also got to watch a future Tennessee Volunteer quarterback who did not look like an SEC quarterback. So we went to that game this past Friday. My dad, I told my dad the game I was planning on going to next Friday. I always got a backup plan. If I can't get a ticket to that game, I'll go to another game. Because right now, things are still being bought online. Still not up to date with the high school football tickets being purchased online. But I'm sure 10, 15, maybe 30 years from now, I will get with the program and, you know, not think it's so weird as I think it's at, think it is as weird as I do right now. So my dad and I went to that game, planning on going to different games throughout the year. Big rivalry game, which is going to be on September the 3rd. My mom's actually going to go to that game as well. So it's a tradition, you know, rivalry game. Everybody goes, three, four, five thousand people go to a football game. It's what we do on a Friday night. Many of you are not going to the high school football game or the high school game at all. You are going to preseason NFL football games. You are going to soccer games if you're overseas. You are going to summer league basketball games, which are over. You are going to maybe um, uh, program basketball games, which have gone on. Um, You may be looking forward to some volleyball games of one of your kids. You may be going to all of these things. Now, last year, you you may have gone to an NBA game, a baseball game. 
NFL game, excuse me, college football game, college basketball game. You may have gone to all these different things. Great. Good for you. But I got a question for not all of you, but for all of you. Why are y'all always fighting like Anthony Mason? Now, you may be like me and say, Jay, I don't fight. I'm not a fighter. I've never been in a fight. Okay, great. Have you ever done something that may have caused a fight? Or said something that may have caused, may have provoked somebody to jump at you, but they realized that was not the wisest decision, so they didn't jump at you? I mean, I, I, I talk trash. I mean, I, I, I've had my fair share of times where I have uh, done a thing or two to provoke somebody else. But I'm tired of getting on the social media. I am tired of getting on my phone or the computer and looking out and seeing y'all out here fighting like Anthony Mason. I, I apologize if you're of the younger age and you don't know who Anthony Mason is. Go to the YouTube. You will see that people are out here fighting like Anthony Mason. Now, this is a line that I got from a Cedric the Entertainer stand-up that he was actually mentioning, mentioning that. I think it's from uh, the Kings of Comedy, you know, him. Bernie Mac, D.L. Hughley, and Steve Harvey. Man, that was really, 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 really funny. I wish those guys had come out and done a part two or second tour before Bernie Mac died. Also really heard that there was a, a beef where uh, uh, Bernie Mac and Steve Harvey weren't really getting along at a time when they were supposed to go on tour or supposed to set things up. So that's part of the reason why we never got a part two to the original Kings of Comedy. But we have seen fans at numerous games. We have seen fans at NFL games get a little liquid courage. I think it was a game. It was a Steelers game. And all of a sudden, this lady was talking to this guy. The black guy had braids. The young lady was white. Just throwing that out there for context. Um, and the young lady was with a black guy. I believe it was, was her boyfriend. Because he quickly got up. The lady said something. There were some uh, four little words coming out of her mouth. The guy that she was talking to was a little was standing up for himself. You could tell he was ready to go. He was uh, about that life. He was about that life, and it really showed very quickly. And she hit him in the face. He swung on the woman, which surprised me because, you know, he ain't supposed to hit females. And then he hit her, and then that lady's boyfriend got up, started swinging, and the guy who was provoked originally, it was two against one. He he hit that dude with a piece and then uh, started a combination. They both kind of stumbled. And all of a sudden, he, he hit him with a <laughs> he hit him with a, <laughs> a punch in the jaw. Boy, that dude fell. He fell hard. And he fell. You could see his head fall back and snap back and knock that man out. Then all of a sudden, once the man that knocked the man out realized what he did, the girlfriend, I assume this is, a, this is that young man's girlfriend, stood up and other people started to come around and tell the young man to knock the guy out to get away. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, why y'all so mad? Who, who hurt you? Why is your pride so hurt? I don't get it. When I go to a game, I go to have fun. No matter if I'm there with family, I do go to games sometimes solo, more the high school variety. I'm there to have fun. There to get entertained. Sometimes I am there trying to look and see who the next big guy is in the area. A couple years ago, no, actually it was last year. We got to see a guy at a smaller high school in the area. Planning on going out to see him again this year. Um, I forget his name, but I know he is looked at by um, 247 Sports. He might have a profile there. I know a national recruiter there actually tweeted about the young man and about the year he had last season. So I'm going to be all about this. But... At some point, if you're that hurt, if you're that mad, you got to realize, one, 
calm down, count to 10 or five, because some of y'all might think 10 will be too long. Count to five, breathe, breathe a little bit, make sure you're calm, and then go on about your day. If you go to a game pissed off, if you go to a game mad, and you think something might happen, don't drink. Just don't. Don't drink. Don't get no liquid. Don't get no liquid courage in you. Just, just don't do it. For you, because I don't want you. I don't want you to go to jail. I don't want your buddy to go to jail. I don't want your kids to go to jail. I don't want any of y'all to go to jail. I want the jails to be empty, because there should be no reason for for a jailhouse. There should be no reason for a prison, but there are or there is because people sometimes act unruly, and well, that's the place for them to go. One thing, if you go to a game, remember this: if you think you're going to act out. If you think going to a game, you might get into some trouble. You might get into a little brawl. It might not be the best thing to go if you're going to the game with that mindset. You say, Jay, college football's coming up. You're a big college football fan, and these rivalry games get pretty intense. Absolutely. They do, and they will, and I don't think that's going to stop. I talk trash for a living, but I do know there's a limit. I do know there's a time to stop. And the older I get, the more I realize less is better in many situations. My friends know me. I push buttons sometimes to them because I know them very, very well too much. But if I don't know you, I might talk trash on a basketball court. But if I see you got some liquid courage in you, I'm going to dial it down a little bit. If you think you want to get a little unruly at a game, but you still want to go, how about this? Only talk to the people that are around you. Don't drink at all. And if somebody anywhere comes to you and starts to poke you, provoke you, how about you just say, hey, man, look, I'm here trying to enjoy the game. I don't want no problems. Let's all have fun and watch the rest of this little journey. If they keep provoking you, avoid them, say the same thing again, and then start to ignore them. If you need to move, so be it. But let's keep things civil. Let's stop getting unruly. And keep this thought in mind. Y'all don't need to keep acting up at these games because the last thing we want is for restrictions to come down and for capacity numbers to go down because y'all always fighting like Anthony Mason. Guys, this has been a lot of fun. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please head to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star review with a comment. It's greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. This has been episode 218 of the Jay Stevens Podcast. I will see y'all next time.